We still do seven NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or you can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today. Welcome along to NUFC Matters. It is the Three Amigos, the perfect way to kickstart a Newcastle United weekend. Unfortunately, it's International Weekend, so uh, we can't kickstart a Newcastle United weekend this weekend. But there's plenty to talk about, as always. Newcastle United, even in times of joy, never cease to amaze us with churning out some stories for us a lot to talk about for two hours on a Friday night. Uh, I don't know whether to start with a positive or a negative. I'm going to flip a coin. Yep, we'll start with a negative. Get that out of the way first. Tonali, Mitch. Um, what a story that is. Um, and we don't know the we don't know the full facts behind it. So we can only give an opinion on what we've read in the newspaper so far. We know Tonali, uh, along with a couple of other players, has uh, been um interviewed uh, with regards to betting, uh, which you know is 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 loosely termed uh, it's a loose term, sorry, for what for what we actually believe he's been uh, asked about. Um but he has it's enough to <laughs> send away from the international squad, which is a pity. I think we're all looking forward to seeing Tonali play England uh, in the in the Euros. Uh, that's now by the looks of it not gonna happen unless there's a major U turn. Uh, but yeah what did you make of all this when it broke last night, Mitch? Complicated. It's super complicated. It's complicated. We're explaining it. Yeah. You know, it's 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 complicated because the Italian gambling laws are complicated. If you don't believe us, go and have a look online. Um, it's legal, but it's not legal. But it's legal sometimes. If the state says it's legal, and what about online? Well, that's sometimes legal, but generally it's illegal sometimes. And it 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 really is as clear as mud. The Italian FA are quite rightly are very 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 wary of gambling. They've had three or four major betting scandals in the last 50 years. Um, I remember the, the, the whole post um, post Spain 82, they seem to lose half their international squad with bans for gambling related uh, things and, and so on and so on. There's been five or six incidences of that since the 50s. And so they're very, very, very touchy when it comes to anything gambling. Um, the bottom line with any footballer, 
pretty much like I said with, with Ivan Tony. I don't have much sympathy if they know what they're doing and they know what they're doing's wrong. I know it goes on. I know there's ways it can be done. Uh, I have a good mate over here um, who, him and his father, used to look after the interests of the players at Liverpool. And he'll, he'll tell you how many bets he's put on with his own credit card and how many betting accounts he had in his name and the credit card bill, bills weren't paid by him. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and, and you know, he's, he's got some cracking stories, by the way, if you sit and spend an evening with him. The one about going, to, going, going off with El Hajjouf when he was injured and being told to look after him and he was given El Hajjouf's credit card and told to bugger off. So he jibbly did <laughs> and had a whale of a time. You know, but that's the kind of thing that he was dealing with, and that's in the nineties. And there's always ways around it. There was always people had little runners and youth team members who used to go and put bets on for them. And I'm sure that goes back to my dad's day as well. I'm sure there was people putting yeah. bets on left, right, and centre for players and on behalf of players to mask what was really going on. I can take I it also... to the back. Sorry, I can take you to the back lane in Walls End where the booker used to stand on the corner. <laughs> <laughs> It can. And so, you know, it, it's it time immemorial, it always seems to go hand in hand. Um, I struggle when FAs get on the high horse, particularly our FA, about betting, when they're still very happy to take as much betting sponsorships as they can left, right and centre. And I think that's a that's a real contradiction. Um, betting and gambling is a real problem and it has a real impact on families. And, and it, you know, I, can, I know somebody personally who destroyed his family and his own life and his reputation and he's currently rebuilding all of that. Um, having done time for the mass fraud he committed against his employer to feed his gambling habit. And now he's very vocal and very honest and very brave to stand up amongst some of the guys working at the NHS gambling clinic in Sunderland, for example. Um, it's, so it's, it's something that you know the game needs to address in a wider point. But when it comes to Tonali specifically... Um, it seems to be the gambling issue has been about backjack and poker. And it seems, from what I can tell, to be online blackjack and poker. Um, the very first story I read about it was an Italian story. I read it via the help of Google Translate. So you always take things with a pinch of salt that way because things do get lost in translation. But it seemed to be suggesting that both of those players were involved in something where one of them was sitting on the bench placing bets on his phone. Now, if you look at the game in question, the only one who sat on the bench was the lad from the Villa. Uh, uh, Tenali played the entire game. So he couldn't be sitting on the bench placing bets. However, if they've had a joint account or a shared account, or if he's had both phones, um, there could be a problem. It also doesn't very clear from what the Italian authorities have said um, about how betting bans will be made. Is it just if they've betted on football, then they will have a worldwide three-year ban? Or is it just gambling full stop? And that hasn't been made to my eyes. I don't know if you have seen any any clarity on one way or the other, because I cannot see any clarity on that. Yeah. But also it's early days, and you have to take everything at face value. You have to presume innocence until guilt is proven. 
Um, I'm quite sure he's got a very good uh, brief involved already. I'm quite sure his agent's already involved already. And I'm quite sure Dan Ashworth and the club are already talking to said agents and, and brief and then some. Um, it also then raises questions about the transfer. If this has been something that's been rumbling in the background in Italy for a while, did Milan have some know this was in the pipeline? And if so, have they sold us a pup? And that could raise questions down the line, not just about Milan's behaviour, but about our club's behaviour. We're doing enough due diligence to know that there was a potential problem there with the player or not. Um, there are so many different sort of little detours and branches you could follow with this. Um, you just hope beyond hope that whatever happens, he doesn't get <laughs> that. He gets booted up the arse and takes whatever he's, he's due and we can continue to play somebody who is just starting to look like he's flourishing in the system, particularly in the Champions League. Okay, Steve, I bet you were like me and just groaned when you saw this uh, story <laughs> uh, story released. I did, yes, because uh, like everyone, like Mitch says, you know, I've been impressed with Tenali. I talked about him on, on Wednesday night on We Are The Geordies and uh, how impressed I've been with the, the way that he seems to have pulled himself around and gradually settling in. So, yes, bit of a bit of a surprise. I mean, I think there's there's a number of issues, isn't there, as Mitch says, floating around as a... One of the one of the people involved is involved in a blackmail um, case in in uh, in Italy, so that that rears up sort of you know has something sort of you know I'm not saying suspicious, but something untoward been going on um, within the within the soccer community in in Italy. Um, Mitch mentioned past histories. I think it was Paolo Rossi, if you remember, he was banned for three years before the 1982 World Cup. Um, and during that period of his ban, he was actually transferred to Juve as well, believe it or not. I think he was at Perugia and, and got transferred to Juve. Um, can you imagine that? You've got a you've, you've got a ban in operation. You're banned for three years, which I think ended up getting reduced to two. And halfway through it, you get transferred. There was also a doubt at one point over who actually owned him. I mean, it, Italian football has been riddled with these sort of scandals for an awful long time. And I think it, I think it goes with the territory. It goes with uh, with the whole sort of uh, mafioso links that are, that, have, that exist in certain cities and certain towns, um, with certain families, with certain football clubs, um, the influence of of um, organised crime, um, a whole a whole plethora of situations in in Italy. And, it, and Mitch is right, the Italian authorities do try and have tried to stamp down on it, um, particularly the football side of it. But, uh, yeah, it's disappointing to, to hear. But it, there again, you know, I mean, some people would say there's no smoke without fire. Well, I would say there can always be smoke. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's a fire there. I, I think that I think we just need to sit back and, and not panic, um, not make judgment either. Um, I've seen a lot of people making some very, very rash statements about about Tunali. If he's guilty, that's it. He's finished with me, blah, 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 and all this type thing. And how dare he? And, you know, I mean, do you mean they, they know nothing other than probably what Craig Hope's written in the Daily Mail, you know? Um, and that's that seems to be out as far as it goes. But, uh, I mean, the club will be on top of it, as Mitch says. Dan Ashworth will be on top of it, we know, um, because that's part of his job. Um and we'll have, I mean, I know for a fact that the club started to employ a whole team of, of lawyers uh, looking at all aspects of, of the football club, 
um, from club signings through to potential litigations, through to, no doubt, contractual ticketing, you name it. They have lawyers that are involved in it. Um, and that's that's quite right because that's what you need to do as a big organisation. So uh, the the right brains will be onto this and the lad will be getting the right sort of advice and the right sort of support. And uh, we just we just bide our time. At the end of the day, he's there to kick a football. We should only be interested about him kicking a football. We shouldn't get too wrapped up in allegations that are thrown to at him um, without any idea of what's really going on. So uh, let's just let's just calm my chickens. I'm sure that was the the phrase that uh, that Stewie would use if he was on the show today. Yes, you're certainly right there. Okay, George, the Tonali situation. I mean, look, you know, the club have had they've had a couple of things to deal with since the uh, since this um, ownership took over two years ago. We had Joe Linton, of course, uh, during driving, which I thought the club handled admirably. We had um, yeah. we had the situation in recent weeks where you know Jamal Lascelles was out and about. He's entitled to do that. Was attacked in the street. You know defending people yeah. um again the club handled that well i guess the international break is coming at a really good time for this story because eddie howe would have normally been doing his press conference this morning and that story would have been dominating yeah, uh, the, the press gone. conference this morning he would have hated that today so he's got out of jail i think eddie which which is great he will still probably get it next week but um yeah how did you feel when you saw the story break well, your heart sinks, doesn't it, when you're a Newcastle fan and something like that happens to any player, but particularly to a new guy who's just coming in and, and making his way. The only issue for me with Tenali and his agent and all those around him, when the transfer was being done, didn't anybody drop a little whisper that there was a problem on the way? Because they must have known. I don't believe they didn't know when that happened. So that's the only thing that bothers me about it. The other issue is that if it's if it's if he hasn't been shown to be gambling on football, a good lawyer will drive a coach and horses through whatever rules they've got. And I think that's what Newcastle will do. Let's say this is a you know, like any other young man or uh, woman who's who's in a profession and decides they want to gamble and gamble. But as long as he's not gambling on football, I mean our football isn't clean. Look at look at way back when Sheffield Wednesday had half a team, uh, two thirds, well a third of a team suspended for for years because of Peter Swan and people like that, uh, who who got two and three years bans because they were gambling on on football. Um, and Neil's right, even even way back, um, as I say, I could take it to the the street corner or just off West Street, off the North Road in Walls End, the back lane where the book used to stand on the corner, and everybody knew he did. So um, no, it uh, it's sad. It, it 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 did make me hard sink at the time, but the more I read about it, the more I think that uh, you know, a good lawyer will, will help him to get out of it, and uh, um, and we'll move forward. Um, I mean, the, the guy's starting to show the quality that, that he's got uh, fr from the Italian league and the, and the skill that he's got. But uh, in Italy, of all places, Neil's absolutely right. Um, everything to do with uh, gambling and sport and uh, horse race, you name it. And the uh, mafiosos will have their f foot in the door somewhere and still have, even despite the fact that the claim that the, the mafia has gone. I'd believe that uh, if uh, if if it snows pink, um, so yeah, it's it's it is a bit upsetting and disappointing. But uh, 
you're right, the, the, the club have got the people on hand to, to help to sort it out, would like to have so many other things and uh, he can move on. I, 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 you know, disappointed, but not not worried that we're going to lose him for three years. It's, okay, it, uh, sorry, it's, it's different, to the, different to the Tony issue because uh, Tony was gambling on thousands of football matches. Okay, uh, well, you, you might not have uh, escaped your attention. We well, have got a flyer with happy birthday, Mitch, on. So we've just brought somebody in to say a quick happy birthday for tomorrow. <laughs> no, I'm waiting for the professionals on Sunday. I'm just sitting here waiting. I've got no <laughs> <laughs> It's chewy. <laughs> it was, I only come on to correct Steve Hasty. It's cool, your jets are saying, not calm your chickens. So. <laughs> Now, well, obviously, you know, you know why I'm uh, someone very, very special person, someone I'm proud to call a friend, someone who I think, uh, think the world of, someone who I aspire to be, someone I'm lucky to, I'm lucky to know. It's their birthday today, yes, my older brother. It's his birthday today. It's also Mitch's <laughs> tomorrow. Thanks, <laughs> nice Jim. I just thought I'd come and say happy birthday, Mitch, before you get uh, crack on with the show too much. So, Cheers, mate. You Thank go. you. Thank well, you. By the way, Gordon Tenorley, the clubs do have a duty of care. You've talked about that other things because the young lads have too much money at their age, plenty of time on their hands, and it's a case of what could possibly go wrong. Oh, shit, something's went wrong. Let's be reactive rather than proactive. So is it any different to Grealish drink driving? Is it any different to people kicking cats like Kurt Zuma? No, but it needs, it needs to be looked at. That's enough. Love is all, and I'll see you on Sunday. Happy birthday for tomorrow, Mitch. Cheers, mate. Thanks. See you, see you Sunday, Thanks. six o'clock. Looking forward to seeing Stu then. Great to have him on. And uh, lots of people saying, happy Mitch Day. That's a good one. John, <laughs> the, uh, the point yeah. that Stu makes is really fair, though. And it comes back to something you've probably heard me bang on about for years. is pastoral care football. Where's the people putting the arm around these lads? Because, I mean, Tenali's probably got more money than he knows what to do with. Probably thinks nothing to fly his dog back and forth to the vets in Milan at 10 grand a pop. You know, it just you wouldn't think twice to do something like that because he just does. I've got the money to do it, so I want to do it. That's what I want to do, you know. But like Winston Maxman used to take himself off to France at the drop of a hat because <laughs> um, he can. And this is the challenge. It, it, it comes back to Sir Bobby Robson's the age old phrase how do you make a rich man sweat? Um, and I think Eddie Howe does a bloody good job of that. But I think that's something that's been long missing from our setup. And I think it's something that the club are trying to address. Are those levels of pastoral care, those experienced arms to put round the shoulder, say, I need to sort this out. And 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 so um, I think it's something that as a club we could all learn from and grow from. And I think it's very... Um, you know, it, it, it's it. I always look at opportunities rather than threats in situations like this, and we just hope he doesn't end up getting a ban and we can get the best out of him as a player. Yeah. Interesting. Some questions coming in. I don't want the whole show to be taken over by this uh, question regarding Tonali. If he's banned at some point, could we see Sue Milan, Mitch, if the betting occurred while playing for them? I mean, again, it needs to be confirmed if he has done it, and it also needs to be confirmed what he's been doing. Um, I'm quite sure there'll be lawyers involved. Yeah, so it's an easy... Well, uh, um, um, it, well, it's sure, just, mm. 
surely the easy route, the easy route is if he knew and his agent knew before he signed, his contract's torn up, isn't it? Probably. Yeah. I mean that's possibly, but I think a lot a lot of a lot of it would depend on 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 what sort of contract he's got. Um, what, true, what, true. what the agreement what the what the agreement was between the two clubs, if there was some sort of clause written in or some sort of statement that um that Milan signed that they were not aware of any reason, you know, and as you would say in a marriage, any was it unjust impediment or whatever, um that type of thing, you know, if there's if 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 statements have been marked down on paper and, and signed as as agreeing to and then that's a breach. Then it becomes a breach of contract. Other than that, I think you know uh, you just have to look at the situation City got themselves into when they tried to claw the money back for the transfer of a footballer who they'd already signed, who uh, didn't play a game for them, and sadly got killed um, in a plane crash. Um, and look at how that's still dragging on. You know they're now they're now going through a different avenue and a different set of lawyers to try and claw back some money. Um, from the money that they forked out on the transfer, um, absolutely shambolic. And when when it gets to that situation and would drag on for years and years and years, um, it depends, I suppose, how much one club feels as though they have over another club. It, de- it would depend on whether Newcastle thought they had a, a nailed-on case and whether Milan thought in the other extreme that there was nothing to answer answer to. And this is what this is why lawyers. Oh, very, very well paid, and it's a. It, this is a case for Nick DeMarco, I think. Um, you know that this is what he. This is what his bread and butter is. Um, contract law, sports law, um, and the implications that it has uh, for for footballers and football clubs and best football high rocking. Best time for the club personally for this to break international break because there's no yeah. you know there's, there's no press conferences. Probably the worst time for supporters because they're sitting at home and nothing to talk about. So it yes. creates this storm that we see on social media, and 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 and, and a lot of people are right. People are jump uh, quick to jump on on the story, and, yeah. and they're creating their own narrative. Um, yeah. You know, I, I guess I guess we on this podcast have always prided ourselves in you know basically examining the facts before we even talk about stuff and that's what we've always done and we've all had time to look at this today um you know the simple case is that he's been sent home from international duty he's not playing for italy um and he's he's had a conversation with you know with the authorities it's as simple as that there's no convictions he hasn't been found guilty um we don't know really what he has done because there's very little being said and we all agree that the one uh the one comedy nominated he had george is that the lawyers are the only people who make money out of all of this um you know this this really is just you know lawyers will be sitting rubbing their hands solicitors but, will be rubbing their hands at this story won't they well yeah i mean the other thing is that he's not been charged with anything but he's exactly, had a bad day investigating with the police he just had a bad day where the police had him all day and, and after that he, his mind was in space so he couldn't go with the national team. He just, he just, his mind was in the wrong place, as it would be most people. Because I, I, I imagine the Caribbean area, if that's who had him, they wouldn't care if he's a bloody footballer. They want, they want, they want, they want, they want the the want the, uh, the, the, cop, the cop, don't they? Like any policeman, but particularly the Caribbean area in in, in Italy, they're they're, they're um, well loan to the moon set to themselves. So if he's had a day with them, having to answer quick fire questions and. Uh, even with a lawyer sitting beside him, 
it's bound to space you out. So I'm not surprised he couldn't he couldn't get his mind in the right place to join the to join the squad to join the team. Um, that that's for me is only natural. Um, but you, you, you're right, Stephen. I'm glad glad you keep saying it. Remember that he hasn't been charged with anything. It's been said he's done something. Well, that's all of us, isn't it? That <laughs> we're all in that boat sometimes or somewhere. And uh, let's let's see how it plays out. But I I I still go back to the fe- to the feeling. I'd be amazed if Newcastle don't have a lawyer who can sort this out. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I think it'll all get sorted out very very quickly. I you know, and I wonder. I, the only thing I wonder, the only thing that I've thought is, you know, he has and, and look, he's got that. He's a young lad, but he's got the face and the the the, the, the appearance of a, a lot an older man. You know, some people, you know, I, I speak to a lot of older like supporters for other clubs. They think Tonali's in his twenty late twenties, early thirties. he's just yeah, a kid. Yeah, um, but yeah. I just wonder whether this has been hovering over him, whether this has been hanging over him, Mitch, um, because his demeanour, you know, again. I'm not generalising here, but just the way he looks, etc. He, he could, he could, he appears to be the quiet type, you know. Um, even, even that when he was sitting in Weatherspoons, you know, the, I don't know. He just, he just looked like the kind of person who goes and has a laugh. But maybe he's had all the worries of the world. That maybe, maybe he's known that this could come out. Or I, I don't know. Maybe there's been some talk about something coming out. You know, like you something's got a heads up from a newspaper that there's going to be a story written or something's going to come out and you don't know what it is. And you could have been worrying about that. You just don't know. I mean, it'll all come out in the wash. Surly is the word I would use. He's Surly, that's a good yeah, word. Yes. Has that look about him, you know. But that No offense, mean... no offense, Sandro, if you're watching. I mean, it's not bad. It's not a bad thing. You could get it. You might get a David Beckham kind of modeling career out of it. It's looking for certain catalog ads. Swarthy is a better Italian word. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, he has that sort of young Keanu Reeves look about him where you wonder is he going to smile or is he is he is he going to turn around and go mental on you um but equally um again this was something that was chucked around after he'd signed because everybody was gobsmacked that would sign them and everybody from the the Mackhams to the Scousers to the Manx to to the Arsenal lads who were convinced they're going to sign everybody we sign that they wanted to demonstrate how he wasn't happy to come here when actually what he was doing was leaving his boyhood club and he was rightly upset about that. Um, and yet you look at the, some of those pictures in the games when he's playing, that's that's not a player who's unhappy to be here. Um, I suspect he carries the weight round on his shoulders if he doesn't have his WhatsApps answered in 30 seconds. So uh, I, I think you can read too much into that kind of thing, you know. Um, again, are we looking for it now, knowing what we know now, with the benefit of hindsight? And hindsight makes you a genius. And I wish I could do everything with hindsight. Um, so I think, we, you know, we, we just have to play it as it comes now. He's our player. He's our boy. We've got to look after him, support him when he crosses the white line, which I know we will do. And the club will support him in every way he needs supported. I've got no doubt about that. And... It's a long time since I've felt confident to say that about the club when it comes to players and looking after players. Um, the <coughs> plethora of stories we have between the from former players where things started to go south and they were given the square root of their fall in terms of help from the club, really. 
Um, and I think that is very different now with this dressing room and the environment that Eddie Howe and the new ownership have created. So I've got no doubt you'll get all the support in the world he needs. Um, and coming out of this, it might make Wall stronger together and make, make him even more determined in the end to stick one up the rest of the world and say, look at me, I'm one of the best players in the Premiership now and try and stop us. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Um, yeah, look, we've, we've spoken about it tonight. I think it needed to be addressed. I think a lot of people wanted us to talk about it. Um, and uh, we have, uh, so we'll park that uh, conversation there. Uh, because as always, on a Friday night, uh, we have lots to discuss and lots to show you. Yeah, is the diamet. <laughs> The day I met, where we uh, ask you to send in photographs of meeting me, uh, you meeting somebody from Newcastle United, past or present. And uh, first one up was from John. Thank you, John. The day I met this legend, he's from Blythe. He'll never ever beat Dan Byrne. He says, uh, John, great photo, mate. Uh, he's a big lad, isn't he? He's a big lad. And uh, the Thank second you. one, the second one was this one uh, from Mark Young. Uh, possible photo for the day I met. He says, bumming into Kabai in the Milburn stand before the game last night. What a game. Mark, thanks for sending that in. Yes. If you want to feature on the show, get your photographs across to us the usual way, and we will feature them on the show so we can play this absolutely uh, wonderful music. Good evening, Tom. Uh, he shares the show for us every day. He's in the moderator chat as well. And he says, Dan Byrne signed a contract extension at Newcastle until 2025. I mean, that's a, a feel-good factor story if ever we've had one, George. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, apart from the fact that he's a nice guy and he's a Jory, he's a good utility player for where he's a good left-back, he's a good centre-back. Um, I suspect he'd be a good centre forward if we asked him to, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that's good, great news, and and uh, it's good for the harmony of the club as well because he's obviously well liked. I mean, anybody who can stand up in the dressing room and dance the way he that he did in front of all his mates, <laughs> it's got to got to be got to be worth a, con a contract. Um, no, I, I think that's uh, yeah, right. Good news story if ever there was one. Uh, for lots of reasons that I've just said, and he's uh, he's a nice lad. He's he's local. He seems to fit in with the with the group uh, on the field. He's he's uh, got a smile on his face. He's utilitarian, and uh, it's interesting that uh, because of his stature, when anybody the, any of his mates are in trouble, it's not it's not long before Dan Burns not far behind standing over them to make sure they're looked after. No, great great great. Uh, Happy story that one, Steve, and I'm I'm glad it's happened. It, it really is positive. Yeah, good news with that, Steve. Today to see uh, yeah. Dan Byrne and it's uh, an extension to 2025, so another couple of years it'll keep him happy as well. I'm sure he'd be delighted with that. 
Yeah, great news for Dan Byrne. I mean, uh, what it is, is it's a reward for putting in some uh, excellent performances in the 16 or 18 months he's been at the football club. Um, you know, that's that's his reward. He's, he's came at a it, what for most players at 29 is the twilight of that career, isn't it? You know, um, that the, he's half had around the the the, the non league and and lower league scene for a long time, um, and he gets the opportunity and he's grabbed it with both hands. And I think if nothing else, that shows um, to 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 any sort of budding footballer that if you've got the ability, but you're not getting the breaks, there's every possibility that the break might come your way. And the break came for Dan, no question about that. His hometown club, and he's grasped it with both hands. And for that alone, um, like I say, for the performances put in, um, for the steady eddy performances, and for the very fact that he's there, he's he's someone. And we've used the word many times when we talk about Eddie Howe. He rely he's reliable. He trusts him, and that's why he's in the squad, and that's why he's in the team. And this is a reward for for Dan's hard work as much as anything. And take away the fact that he's a Geordie, um, he's getting it because he's he's put those performances in, um, not not because he, he he came from Blythe or whatever or anything like that, um, simply because the lad's done really well and deserves it. Mitch, good day at the office. Uh, most weeks for uh, Dan Byrne, he's earned that contract, hasn't he? Absolutely. You know, anybody needs to see that hard work will get you rewards. It's as simple as that. To have him in the dressing room. Oh. He's gone. He's back. We can't hear you, Mitch. We can't hear you now. Your volume's gone. <laughs> Having a few issues is, Mitch. Uh, I'll, I'll give my two penneth on uh, Dan Byrne. Yeah. I'm delighted. And especially with, um, you know, the fact that he has been a, a whipping boy, if you like, one of those boo boy, um, you know, one of those boo boy targets, I would say that, uh, you know, it, it's great yeah. See, great to see him get that. Uh, great to see him get that contract. Mitch, are you back with us? Seem to be. Pretty smart. Right. You've got built and work, work, work room the corner. So every now and again, the internet gun's a bit funny. No um, one... Yeah, I mean, for the youngins to look up to him because it was interesting listening to one of his interviews after the Champions League games about he's uh, feeling his chance had gone to come to Newcastle, then and all of a sudden the chance appeared. And now not only is he just taking the chance, he's probably going to see his career out here. Yeah. Um, but having seen how he interacts with other players, when he was over in Riyadh, he was playing at the back with a, a young back four alongside him. The three others he finished that game with when we played Al Halal were all kids. Yeah. And looking at them organising and keeping them in position and looking after them. Um that's the kind of character in the dressing room that the kids will look up to. And particularly the lads from the area are probably going, that's what I want to be like. Um, and they've been shown, if you get your chance in the first team, you take your chance, there's a reward there for you if you deliver. <coughs> that. And, and, and again, he's, he's another one that Eddie trusts. Um, he, he could easily be one of these ones that has the Steve Watson disease where he becomes jack of all trades, master of none. But more and more, the more I see him in the left back, the more reasons I see not to displace him. Um, even though I'm quite sure he would prefer to be playing at centre-back. But, you know, um, 
and what a joy it is to have options. And as my dad says, as an enforcer in the team, every team needs an enforcer. Every team needs somebody that's, that, that'll do some of the genuinely ugly stuff. And I'm quite sure he's quite happy to do that. Okay, uh, good day, uh, as I say, but Dan Byrne, congratulations to him. Um, interesting one from Lee. Uh, we don't dodge big questions on here. Uh, I don't want to get sucked into the whole um, the, the whole war situation. There's been enough of that on the news to, to sicken us all. Um, you know, nothing nothing worse than, you know, seeing graphic scenes of, of people who've lost their lives on television. And uh, I, it, it irks with me seeing that, um, you know, uh, covered in such depth, not because of the politics, but because, you know, it's it's the people, the people who've lost their lives. And, um, you know, I sometimes think that TV, TV news stations go for the sensationalistic coverage rather than yeah. just concentrating on the facts. But Lee asks a very simple question. He says, I know we don't normally do politics, but he says, do you think the Israel-Palestine situation could cause any issues for our current ownership, Steve? Um, it's an interesting one because of because of Saudi, I guess you know the you know the, there is links as we know um, uh, between Israel and Saudi, and you know ultimately the you know the the dimensions could all change. We we don't know what the situation is, but uh, you know at the moment, I think you know we've just got to see how this war pans out, haven't we? Yeah, well, we've, we've talked uh, before, haven't we, about uh, about three dimensional chess, but when it comes to the politics of the Middle East. It's almost six-dimensional chess, quite frankly. Yeah, uh, there's so many, there's so many twists and turns, there's so many um, things that are going on. There's so many friendships that aren't friendships that might be friendships, which could be friendships, which will be friendships, mm-hmm. um, and and in reverse. As you know, what I, I think that I think this could be a perfect example and a perfect opportunity for Newcastle United uh, to just say, you know, what we don't get involved in politics. We've kept out of it. We're, we're, you know, we don't need we don't need to um, make statements. We don't need to get embroiled. I think there's enough people who are desperate for us to be talked about and to talk about us um, on a number of fronts. And this is probably just another one. And uh, from my personal opinion, I, I always find that, especially when it comes to international politics, we don't know enough about what's going on to really have a have a an input. Um, and everyone's input is going to be at the at the diverse side of somebody else's, and that's what that's what causes again arguments, uh, disruptions. I, I, I'm with you, Steve. I like you know, I just keep, just keep out of this uh, this particular topic um, because it's just so murky. It's just so difficult. Um, it's something that's been going on for well over eighty years. Um, it's hit the headlines again. I remember it hitting the headlines in the 1980s. I remember, I remember Yom Kippur War. I remember the, the, the troubles in 67. I studied a lot of it. Um, and it's it's we're, we're in exactly the same ball game now in 2023. So um, far better to just concentrate on the football. And if we desperately need to, we can talk about Tenali again and his court case. <laughs> and, and as a friend of mine who's just texted me said, uh, don't forget the words Italian... Uh, judicial system are the ultimate oxymoron. So, 
Yeah, George, I mean, look, I've had this on the breakfast show this week on Tune Radio, people, you know, talking about whether the uh, the Wembley Arch should be, um, you know, you know, lit up in the colours of Israel. Um, you know, they've, they've decided not to do that. But, you know, it, it, you're always you're always walking a fine line when you're doing podcasts or you're on programmes because, you know, whatever you say, you're going to end up offending somebody. And and, and for me, my, my stance on the breakfast show this, be, this week has been very simple. I, I believe really that we should, you know, politics and, and sport to a degree will always combine. It will always, it would always, it would always involve things. But, you know, when it comes to this, I, you know, I've, I've, had, I've just distanced myself from it. I'm not educated enough on, on, on the dispute as a, as a whole. I couldn't really answer a question, you know, as to why this is all continuing, why it's going on, why it's started again. And so I, I always prefer to, to just say, look, I'd rather you know give the opportunity to somebody who's more educated on this to speak about it because I don't really know. Um, all I know is that I support Newcastle United. I want to see Newcastle United do well. I'm happy that the Saudi owners. I know there's people out there who aren't happy and they're conflicted with with ourselves and their support. But I won't, I just want to see Newcastle United do well, uh, George. That's that's why I pay me money and go to the games. Uh, me too, except that. Uh, um... I'm inclined to get more politically involved, especially if you've been watching me Twitter feed this couple of weeks. Um, what bothers me is is the absolute hypocrisy of all of the international community. You know, we're supporting Israel, and yet at the United Nations, every time Israel commits a takes a piece of land off the off the Palestinians, they all vote and say, "Oh, it's against international law." But now. It doesn't seem to bother them at all, and and it you know everything that everything I've seen today on the news, for example, Israeli soldiers saying what they were going to do in 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 Gaza, that is illegal. That internationally illegal. Why isn't somebody standing up and saying for them, we're going to send ships and aeroplanes for God's sake? Who's helping the poor Palestinians? Nobody. Hamas have got a lot to answer for. But they're there because the Palestinians have got nobody, and and they're and they're getting crushed and crushed and crushed. So I'm not. The other side of it is is that people all over the world, and particularly in this country, are almost frightened to say something against Israel because they'll be accused of being anti-Semitic. And and that the two things are separate for me. I've got no problem with with the Jewish. Um, uh, religion or, or, or friends. In fact, uh, my name, our name, Mitchell, comes from Michael, which is a very Jewish name, uh, which when I discovered that out, my grandfather Mitchell nearly had a pink fit. Um, and, uh, you know, it, uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's one of the most difficult ones to, to, to even get involved in and to think about. As you're absolutely right about Newcastle United. I've from the off and said on here several times, I've embraced our new owners. I've embraced where it comes from. I embrace all of that because I genuinely believe that we can show them a diff different way of living. And I think the very fact, you see, that they're even talking about dropping the drinking ban for, for if they get the World Cup says a lot. That may be something to do with Newcastle United, believe it or not. Um, so, yeah, I embrace the takeover. The other thing I embrace is that the, the makeup of our board. We have we have the Rubens, who are a fairly strict Jewish family. Um, we have um, 
the Saudi Arabian side of it, the chairman, and then we have Amanda involved as a woman leading a big club like that when everybody keeps telling us that the Saudis won't let women do anything. Well, our boss is a woman, you know. So I embrace all of that. But to talk about the the, the, the Israel war, I just get upset with the hypocrisy of it all. I, I, I got into trouble the other night on Twitter because I said, I said, the well, Israeli... Don't get trouble on here. Well, I don't care, you can say. I said, Israel wants us every year, and as I've represented the Queen at at, uh, at Holocaust uh, services, and they expect us to respect that. Well, my view is at the moment, they're themselves busily creating the next Holocaust, except the victims will be Palestinians and not Israelis. In so there you are, that's it. Don't worry, folks, you haven't tuned into the wrong show yet. <laughs> we had to answer it uh, because he's worried that the, the, the ongoing war um, that we're seeing develop in front of us in the Middle East, you know, it, you know how will it affect our Saudi Arabian, um, you know, brothers and sisters out there? Will it affect our club in any way? So it's, you know, we can't really answer the question, Mitch, can we? But it's, it's worth speaking. A lot of support in the chat for George, by the way. It is somebody who lives in the Middle East. If you thought working out the geopolitical situation between Qatar and Saudi Arabia was complicated, we're now moving to PhD level geopolitics yeah. when it comes to the interrelationships in this part of the world with different pacts with the, the Saudi and Israel and UAE and Israel. Um, and then, then and the, the other one that my dad forgot to mention, in terms of my dad being involved on our borders, somebody of Iranian heritage. Yes, exactly. Uh, even even there's worse. A, there's a further <laughs> one that mix into the, the, the whole thing. Um, I think what people, it's what it's difficult to understand sometimes is it's, a lot of these things are not, not binary. You can be critical of Hamas and Hezbollah, but be supportive of the Palestinian people who are caught in the crossfire. You can also be critical of Israel and some of their actions, where it's also being sympathetic to the atrocities they've suffered coming back the other way in, in recent moments. They're not binary answers, and it never is. And certainly this part of the world, nothing's ever a straight yes or no. Um... You're lucky if you're getting inshallah. And so, it, it un, come and understand it. Every time I think I've got a handle on the region, a curveball appears. Something, a treaty gets signed, or two countries fall out that have been blood brothers for years and years and years, usually over something that seems quite insignificant. And it's, and it's the way of the region. It's, it's a problem that's now coming to a head and it and it's very difficult to see any solution because everybody's got so encamped now because it's gone on for so long and and it in the end of it there's very innocent civilians who just want to live their lives who are caught up in the middle of all of this um and that's where my sympathies lie because the actions of Hamas and Hezbollah effectively take is taking the Palestinian people, whether they want them there or not, as protectors, they're there and they're caught in the crossfire of it. And they're now being told, get out because we're coming. 
which is also wrong. And it's like everybody can be wrong. It's unreal. Okay, uh, we're going to move on. Uh, good evening to Keith Patterson, who is in the chat tonight, entertaining the masses before he goes on his latest night, uh, night out. Uh, he says, what's people's thoughts on ticket sites with 534 tickets for sale with transferable tickets for Newcastle versus Dortmund? This has been a wormhole. We've all been in this week on WhatsApp groups. Um, it's been absolutely mental, Steve, this. Um, right. And just another. Uh, and sorry, folks, who don't like tickets, but I'm not being funny. We wouldn't, this wouldn't, this wouldn't be a three amigos tonight if we didn't discuss this because it's been, again, a source of anger, frustration, amusement, frustration, you name it, this week on social media, in WhatsApp groups across the Northeast and beyond trying to get tickets on a website at Newcastle United has never been more difficult. And now to see, as Keith says, 534 tickets on one particular website for Newcastle versus Dortmund, the word there, transferable, um, is boiling people's urine. There's no doubt about it, Steve. People are not happy at all. And it's starting to affect, it's starting to affect people's seasons. I was out with somebody yesterday who said, I'm not actually enjoying the season anymore because it's become about a, a constant battle to try and get tickets. I feel like I'm going into battle every time I'm trying to get tickets. It should be the easiest part of my job as a supporter. I saw, I saw somebody else, United, who most of us follow on, on Twitter, who said, I'm, I'm sick of this. He says, I, yeah. took out a, I took out a membership. Why should I bother? He said, I've got no chance. I, I never never win a ticket. I see some people who've won four tickets in a ballot. I've never won one. He says, you know what? I've built myself a nice little man shed at the bottom of the garden. He says, I, he says, my match days now involve watching it on the screen in my man shed, having a drink in the man shed, having some food in there and um, and playing some tunes. He says, I'm going to cancel my membership and that's where I'm going to watch Newcastle from now on because it's actually better. This is this is where we're at now. And, as, and once again, I said it on I said it on um, the Northeast Footy Brecky show this morning, um, and 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 I'll I'll continue to say it. Darren Eels has disappeared. Where is Darren Eels? Who's who's in charge of this? Um, we are critical friends, Darren. And if you get to see this, I hope you take this in the right way. But you should be at the front of this particular football club now, explaining to us what on earth is going on with tickets. If there is 534 tickets from that Dortmund game on there, just explain to us why. If that is because you, UEFA, have to take these tickets away and give them to corporates who then sold them on, then this needs to be looked at because it's, you know, if that's if that's fine and that's legal and it's allowed, then that's great. But will you just tell us that's what's going on? Can you please give us an answer on how many memberships were sold so that people at least know they've got a fighting chance of getting tickets? When, they were, when they're applying for tickets. And can you sort the website out? Because the website is an absolute joke. And who on earth is making decisions at the box office? Who is saying on a day when Newcastle United fans are told, go and apply for your away ticket for Dortmund, who is turning around and saying, right, let's put the home game on sale, the ballot on sale in the same day, so then you've got the situation where two two different sets of supporters looking for Dortmund home tickets and away tickets are sitting in the same queue getting kicked out. Oh my god, that's a wraith rant. You don't get and, any of them. 
Wolves away tickets and, and Crystal Palace tickets and Wolves away and Crystal and Man and Man City and Man United ah, Man, Man United, United sorry Man United so Steve they, I mean honestly that that is it's usually you who gets a chance to have a rant I've, I've probably stole your thunder I sure you're going to admit <laughs> it but Darren Eels needs to get out and uh, get out and speak to the fans he was doing it at Wembley he was doing it when you know he, he was doing it at the start of the season and the pre-season friendlies look. Don't don't have you don't have your Freddie Fletcher moment is what I'm saying. Come out, speak to yeah. the fans, tell us what's going on, and stop having stop having meetings which aren't getting minuted about something that involves all the fans. You know we've got we've got a look. I'm I'm not against the supporters' trust. I'm not against them at all. So don't start having to go to us about this people and snipping this and sharing this on. But the supporters' trust represent. I think we, I think we, we, we all agree it's around about ten percent of the fan base. That is not the full representation of Newcastle United support. Ticketing affects us all, so we all need to be part of the conversation. You've got fifty-two thousand fans who go, let's say forty thousand season ticket holders. Send us all an email with the main problems listed that we we can answer. Like I don't know, like a. A form that we can all, you know, send our answers to. What are you happy about? What you're not happy about? Let us fill it in because ultimately, it, it, oh, honestly, it's it's just so annoying. It's getting more and more <coughs> annoying for me, for you, for the next person sitting next to you at the ground. For you know, I, 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 honestly, a beggar's belief. How how on earth anybody could do this um, and make such a pig's ear of it? And that's what they've done. They need to get it sorted. I've, at the moment, we just have we're having talking shops with fans groups who aren't getting answers. Um, we need we, we all need we all need this sorting out, um, Steve. And uh, like that, as I say, that's rant two over. <laughs> that's the first time I've known two rants without anyone getting a word in edgeways. That's fantastic, Steve. Well done. <laughs> I don't I don't often do it, and I put you know me, lads. I've got a lot to say, um, but I don't often say it. I do. Yeah. I get called the referee on here because I just referee between everybody. But tonight. Tonight, Matthew, I've had an absolute, uh, I've had an absolute blast getting that off. Tonight, you are VAR. <laughs> <laughs> you, but you're dead right, Steve. I mean, let, let's take the Darren Hill situation first. Yes, he has disappeared. Um, he, he, he made a, he made a big play. Um, all through last season, going on Radio Newcastle to start the season, and uh, you know this type of thing, talking to fans. He, he's, he's, you know, he's turned up at, at various. Um, events, ticketing events or whatever it happens to be, as we saw him in the Green Man before the cup final. Um, you know, he did a tour of, of various places where supporters were. Um very much the the face. Um went to America. He was very much the face of the football club over there, meeting old friends, going on radio shows, talking about Newcastle United. And then a problem arises with the ticketing. He disappeared. Gone. Poof. Puff of smoke. Disappeared. Never uttered a word, but named, nor has anyone else, nor has Mia Dad, nor has Jimmy Rubin, um, who were, were were quite prolific on on Twitter, um, you know, often answering questions from fans, often interacting with supporters. So they've gone as well. Um the three the five hundred and thirty-four tickets. I, I think these tickets are legitimate. I think these tickets have been put up there by the football club. Um they're certainly uh, there with the agreement of the football club because they're transferable. Um it's not just these tickets either. I, I there, there was there is a school of thought that says that the club has signed up with with ticketing agencies um and they now have have um 
companies that they deal with, that they'll work with, and those companies are basically um, selling tickets on. So they basically buy the tickets off the football club. They sell them as a package. Um, it happens at other football clubs. We know that. It happened at Arsenal. It just so happens that uh, you know one of our marketing heads used to be at Arsenal. It certainly happened there in the past. Um I wonder, you know, there's been there's been a few corporate changes at the football club recently. I wonder if some of these companies also, um, as part of the deal, will be pushing some of the very more, you know, much more expensive um, tickets that are out there. And is that part of the deal that they've struck? Um, somebody just mentioned there that the supporters trust are having a having an event. I think it said. Um, you can pop that back up, Steve. Yeah. yeah. Fine, but um, that you know, it's rumored that there, are, as you said, there's a forty thousand season ticket holders, eighty thousand members was the figure that was being bandied around, and nobody, nobody said anything uh, to disagree with that. Nothing came out of the football club. Um, that round table is just for their members only. Um, it's an email that's gone out to their members, inviting them to be part of. Um, yet I listened to a, I listened to the Price of Football podcast the other day. And it was it was the chairman of Exeter City, um, a football club that is run by the Supporters Trust down at Exeter, and ironically, the Supporters Trust um, that we had a number of meetings with when we were Newcastle United Supporters Club, and when we were trying to evolve into a Supporters Trust back in two thousand seven, two thousand well, sorry, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, they came up to one of the meetings that we held in the Irish and talked about how they had gone about just setting the supporters trust up and how they were now running the football club. They've been running it for 20 years. But one of the things that the chairman of the football club, who's the chair of the supporters trust, said was, we're here for all fans, not just not just those who are members of the supporters trust. We're here for the season ticket holders. We're here for the community. You know, we're here for the for the wider community. We're here for the people who come on a match day, full stop, whether they're a member or not. Um, because they see they see their role as 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 exactly that. This would have been a great opportunity for Newcastle United supporters trust to grab the mantle. Be perfectly honest and say, you know what, we're opening this up to everyone. It's a it's a it's a supporter problem. You don't have to then pay a pound for us to you know speak on your behalf or whatever. This would have been a great opportunity for them, but. Uh, you know, they're, they're obviously they they feel as though they don't need to. They're just gonna they're just gonna talk about it among themselves, and not take the the wider picture. Um, but that, that's up to them. But the, the the whole nut of the problem is it's a problem created by Newcastle United. It's a problem created by the box office, by executives who have made the decision, as you say, for the website, the way the website's designed, the fact that there are two websites. In a situation during the week where people were told it was 80 points for to get Man United away tickets and people with eight got them. You know, how does that how does that how how does that situation arise where someone with eight points, uh loyalty points can get a ticket during a, a ballot that says that you've got to have a minimum of 80? You know, I mean it, that, that, it, it beggars belief that the way that the whole system's run. Um People who I know, people who've have got look after a number of memberships for the family, um, and have had in eight games with nine memberships, have managed to get two tickets. Now you work that out. If you've got nine memberships, and you've got you've had eight attempts to to get a ticket for each time for all nine, and you've managed two. 
how does that happen? And the, the, the last season, there were well over a thousand tickets available, sometimes more in the Platinum Club um, for to be sold. Um, you barely see a hundred now on the system if you're willing to go on and count if you've got the time. Um, how's that? Where, where, where's that bulk of tickets disappeared to? Um, there's an awful lot of questions that fans have, and I think somebody, as somebody pointed out to me, these are the, the fans that are losing out now are the fans who support the football club through thick and thin, fans that filled that ground with 50,000 during. The Pardew years, during the Bruce years, the, um, you know, all the way through. And now they're gradually being phased out. They're not getting the opportunity to buy tickets um, for, for because someone's made some sort of arbitrary decision somewhere within the ether of the football club to fiddle around with the ticket and situation. Um, whether they're fiddling around it because of what they've heard, what they've been informed of, or what's been implied, no one will ever get to the bottom of. But the fact that you don't even know how many tickets there are in the ballot, which George is going to tell us in a minute, means it's not a ballot, it's a lottery. Um, because with a ballot, you've got to know how many opportunities you've got to win. And unfortunately, this is a lottery. Just like you do with a national lottery, when you when you buy that £2.50 ticket tonight for the national lottery, Euro millions, you don't know how much money you're going to win because you don't know how many people have actually entered this week because it fluctuates based on that. This is this is the craziness of 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 Newcastle United at the moment. It's 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 sad in a way because everything was going quite well. And then the start of this season, and I, I genuinely think as well, by the way, I think there's an awful lot more people gripey about it, but are not willing to to step up to the plate and actually speak honestly about their grievance and, and about the way it's going because they're frightened about how that will impact with the football club, um, either personally or as part of their groups. So, uh, you know, they've built friendships up and they're quite happy with that friendship and uh, they're not willing to jeopardise their own personal friendships or their own personal feelings uh, towards it or their group's friendships um, and relationships. And and that's that's annoying because we've always said that you're a critical friend, but you if you do something wrong, you'll be criticised and you've got to take the criticism and you've got to work through it. You don't just sort of, you know, um, put the put the shackles up and the barriers up and 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 shut the doors on it, which is basically what Newcastle United have done over the last few weeks. Yeah, you, 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 you're right. Look, and we don't just have a pop for no reason, you know. Um, it's 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 about having a having an opinion and being that critical friend. When you get messages like this, I get inundated with these kind of things. I've got I've got eight attempts to get tickets, says Ian, who's on the fans forum every Monday, and he says I've I've had two. Tommy's had none. I'm sick as a chip that my son can't go to the match with us anymore. Whilst hundreds of tickets are 240 to 400 pound on dodgy sites, yeah, yeah. and, and that's what's getting people's backs yeah, up. George, yeah. big shout out to Nathan in the chat, by the way. Uh, good to see you, Nathan. We'll see you at Burnley. Looking forward to seeing you. But George, yeah, I mean, come on, you've you, you've got an opinion about this. I know you have. Oh, I have. <laughs> um, let Let's begin at the beginning. I embrace the takeover. I embrace our new owners. And have done lots of wonderful things. But the one group of people that have let down really, really badly are the fans. And I, I, it amazes me that they've let this happen. And it can't all be by accident. Somewhere in there, there's somebody that's designed a system to do certain <laughs> things. 
And the, I read one the other day about a, a lad in the East Stand, was it? His ticket was taken off him for UEFA and they were given other tickets, which which are part of the time you cannot see the ground, apparently. And then found his, his ticket on sale for 400 quid on some going to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Well, that really can't be right. That really cannot be be right. It, it, it just beggars belief. I know the old system wasn't perfect. You know, my, my, my father and my uncles sometimes queued for two bloody days to get an FA Cup ticket. And me, and the, me, me mother and my aunties and, and, and uh, my granny used to go and stand in the queue for them when they went to work. It, it, it was, yes, it was chaotic, but it, at least everybody felt they had a fair chance. Nobody, nobody thought there was anything going on that shouldn't be going on, and at the moment, there's so many people on, on even on the strap tonight saying, "Well, how's this? How's that? You shouldn't be saying that. You should know exactly." And Steve's absolutely right about me going on about the ballot. It is wrong to call it a ballot. If it was a ballot, when it starts, they would say how many is available and and all of that. At the end, they would tell you how many's gone out and who they've gone to, and then two independent, <coughs> two independent tellers would then say, "Well, yes, that was all conducted above board and, uh, and no problems." They can't do that because they don't even tell you that at the end. There's no transparency in it at all, and it, and um, you know, it is even it isn't even like the lottery because at the end of the day, the national lottery, even the Euro lottery. When, the, when it's drawn and it's paid out, you do know how many people have entered. You don't with the ballot for tickets or Newcastle United. It, 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 just, it, just is, it just is a mess. It's a shambles. And uh, it disappoints me that all the good things they've done are in danger of, uh, of uh, spoiling, being spoiled by all of this nonsense about tickets and, and, and what's happening about tickets. It, it just... Um, and I can understand, you see, United, the lad you're talking about, he sometimes writes to me and asks questions about things we're interested in historically. And I'm happy. To, it pains me that somebody like that yeah. is virtually said, yeah, goodbye, Newcastle United. It, it, it's too hard. Well, that, that's awful. That's dreadful. I mean, that's somebody who's got black and white blood if you cut the woman, I suspect. And uh, it, he's, it, dad, he's, he's a super lad. I've had a drink with him here in Dubai a couple of times. Pains, pains really me that. Lad. Well, it pains me that somebody like that says, "I'll go and sit in me, me man shed rather than even bother to get a ticket." Well, that that's that's just awful. It, it, and what sort of an example is it to to, to, to young supporters as well? Who the Ian says he, he just used to go in with his son. Well, God's sake, man, how are you? Somebody shake their head. That's all for the benefit of the club, all for the good of the club, all for the good of the future of the club. They're in danger of turning people away and turning people into uh, anti-Newcastle United through, through no, no fault of their own. And uh, it, it, it's, we're on, I, I don't think we're far away if somebody trying to organise a, a petition, a protest or something about tickets because it's a, it's a, absolute mess and uh, it it really, I mean it, the other side of it is of course I've got to be careful because having been blind for almost a year they've actually been extremely helpful with me 
And Steve Hastie you knows because he's done most of the run around for us all. But they have, in many ways, been absolutely great. Um, yeah. And it, it, it really does. How, how would it, and that's the other side. How did two sides of the coin not work? When that one works so easily and so well for me, why does it work for other people? Why why is it such such a dilemma? But there's but there's stuff about the ballot is an absolute nonsense that should not even be called it a ballot. It's not even a bloody raffle for God's sake. Because mm. at least in a raffle you'd know how many tickets it sold and how much money you'd taken and all the rest of it. Ticket doesn't happen at Newcastle anyway, I'm afraid. So for God's sake, if anybody out there is listening, look after your supporters, look after the bread and butter because to turn against you, you'll know about it. Yeah, I mean, there's another aspect I just wanted to mention there. We're talking about the membership scheme. I mean, they don't even follow the rules that the membership scheme has. You know, you, you were told that if if you if you got a ticket and you got you got notified you had a ticket, but there was a payment problem, you were told you had uh, 24 hours in which so your ticket was held for 24 hours, and then uh, it would go back into the pot. And I know people who uh, immediately got in touch when they were told there was a payment problem. And uh, we're told, oh, now we've sold the ticket on, just like that. So there was no 24-hour notice given. Tickets was just immediately removed from the from the, uh, from the the envelope, if you like, and, and, and handed to someone else. And then um, they blame computer glitches. And, and this, they, blame, this... they blame computer glitches. They, clear, they blame sorry, sorry. Uh, software issues. They've, um, they've, you name it, it's been blamed, Steve. And, and you, when you call in, you get told, I mean, there's a, there's a GDPR issue and yeah. that I'm aware of as well, yeah. where you can, you can, you get, if you're in a friends and family group, you can actually see your friend's bank account details. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's a GDPR. When, when you're told, when I, I went up the club and I told the box office that, and I just, it, when I was up there, I said, by the way, do you know you've got a, you've got a major problem here to be told, yeah, but it's your friends, so don't worry. It's only your friends who knows your ticket, uh, your, your bank account details. It's only your friends yeah, and family. Only, only, only that. <laughs> well, I don't, I'm, I don't think that would stand up. I think if somebody if somebody's account was hacked and they lost some money and then, you know, you went to the bank, I don't think that you'd you'd get away with that. You know, oh no, well, you know, no. um, it's, it's it's only your friends. I think if you if you went to court, the, the judge would just would just laugh the the club out of out of court if they if they tried to to bring that one up. You know, but it's that sort of the the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing at times. They've obviously brought in some functionality without realising the impact that that functionality has have on the existing functionality they've got. And, and, and they basically just got themselves into an almighty mess and an almighty pickle. And then as soon as you start to try and unpick that, especially with an IT system, then you're just prone to more and more problems going forward. And I suspect that, I suspect that that's part of, part of the problem, but they also try to, to be all things to all men and it doesn't work, you know. I mean, it, it's 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 just shambolic. But they're not listening. They're not taking any of it on board. They're just letting it go because, at the end of the day, there's very few people out there who are willing to complain enough to them because they think it might impact them. It might impact yeah. their relationship yeah. going forward. That's that's the the sad part of it. And we can go right back to the start and go. Where are you, Darren? Yeah, can I come back on the on the uh, 
the pro, the the pro ticket programming, the, the computer programming. Well, I, would I want to give I want to give your son a chance to have, a, have his view on. Oh, it well. sorry, <laughs> sorry, I, I forget. I had to forgot he hadn't tell his say. Um, no, it's it just that I would be amazed if I couldn't find a second year computer science uh, student in the university yeah. that couldn't rewrite the whole thing for them and make yeah. it work straight away. Bill Burnett's on. Now, Bill doesn't like us talking about tickets. Bill, it's got to be done. I've had a proper rant about this, mate, and I'm not happy about it, and nobody's happy about it. It needs to be addressed. <coughs> the club sorted out, Bill. We'll stop talking about it. But I've, I've avoided the subject for four weeks, and I could have I could have had this on every week, uh, but it needs to be talked about. People are, people are filling the chat and the, uh, you know, with, with different examples. I can't say whether this is 100% true, but Oliver B., has, has been in the chat a couple of times and said that the box office, some, he said some rude staff member in the box office said 4,000 are allocated for members. Each game, 30,000 of people applied for the Dortmund game, only 4,000 tickets allocated. Now, well, that's that's what Oliver B suggested. I don't know if that's true. Um, he's he's had no luck in the draw. He's had zero out of eight. Um, he said some members have had five tickets, um, you know, from the games that they've applied for. Um, and that's what we're, that's what we're talking about. It, it You know, Somebody's asked, will a bigger stadium solve the problem? Well, of course it will. Um, but how long is that going to take? It's not going to happen overnight. Um, you know, we haven't even got the we haven't even got the plans drawn up. Never mind to get signed off. So you know, you've got you've got we can't even get we can't even get a fan zone sorted out because of the exactly. the, obje the objections. So you know, what chance have you got of getting the ground built quickly? Um, think about it. So yeah, Mitch, you, you've heard us all have a rant. I'm sure I'm sure it means you don't have to. You can be chilled with your red wine before your birthday tomorrow. Yeah, but from an international perspective, you guys know I've had some odd conversations this week about tickets from an international angle. And we know about the involvement of ticket partners. We know that more and more sponsors are getting tickets. Um, it's the ticket partners, I'm convinced, that are putting the, the, the yeah. seats up on uh, the websites. Yeah. Because from the club perspective, those seats are sold. They can say sell out. We've got the money already. It's up to them whether they take the risk to get the money in for those tickets or not. Um, it's exactly what happened in Arsenal, and there's one common denominator. Um, internationally, I'll give you an idea from international membership. So one of the things that they're trying to do is to allow international supporters clubs, official supporters clubs, once all the supporters clubs can get affiliated, um, to have so many tickets for a game and so one week might be the the danes and the next week will be the canadians and the week after it'll be dubai um great so what we've got to do well you've all got to be international members why well this is still with legals <laughs> <laughs> so why do i have to do that why do i have to sign up for an international because well no but what's the terms and conditions well they're still the legals but you've got to do it so poor Julie, who's the de facto chair of the Dubai Marks, is running on like this chicken trying to sort something for it. I think I think it's going to be our turn for the West Ham home game. And this is how far in advance we have to plan, because people have got to plan time off work and plan flights. It's not like you, we can say, oh, we've got 30 tickets for you next Saturday. Oh, great. Aye, cheers. Yeah, we'll all just come over on mass. You know, these things need planning. But also these, again, are blocks of tickets that are being taken away from that pool. Yes, they're going to support us and they're going to fellow Mags, but they're not going into that pool. If, if you agree with that, if you disagree with that, I know there's people have strong opinions on it. I certainly know what Keith Patterson would be saying <laughs> if he was on with it. Um, I've got a copy <coughs> with the, 
the CEO of football at noon. And one of his, one of the first things he said to me is, Do you, if you ever need any tickets, just give us a shout. Huh? <laughs> well, how many are there? And how many are disappearing here and disappearing there? We just don't know. And because they're not num releasing numbers, and they'll tell you they won't release the numbers because it's a, it's a business secret, <laughs> I suspect, is the answer you'll get. Um, you'll never know. They've taken the number of tickets available off the website, which is a glitch, apparently. Yeah. 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 Um, glitches everywhere, Mitch. Glitches everywhere. Yep. And, and so it, 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 from an international point of view, it's just as messy. And I come back to the conversation we had three or four weeks ago about the lad from Canada who was yep. utterly convinced that memberships, uh, he used the word tiered. Um, I think what he was trying to say is some members are luckier than others. Now, then we're going to conspiracy theories and I'm, I, I can't be done with that. We don't need that. We generate enough bloody problems on our own without wandering down that path. And I talked him off the ledge, but I suspect it'll not be long before I'm talking him back off the same ledge. And, it, and it's but from somebody looking out in, one of the things we said, myself and Steve and Steve, I very much remember in one conversation we had ahead of the table about making sure you don't try and be all things to all people because you will fail everybody. Yeah. And I think from a ticketing perspective, that's exactly what's happening right now. They're trying to keep everybody happy. They've, they've tried to make the members feel more special. They've downgraded the season ticket holders a little bit, so season ticket holders can't buy an extra ticket. So therefore, there's more for members, but actually there's less for members because they're taking tickets away. Because there's um, more members. Because <laughs> there's more members and there's more groups that are wanting tickets for themselves. Yeah. that need to be appeased with a batch of tickets here and a sponsor that needs tickets there. And so in trying to keep everybody happy, they've created a shitstorm. Yeah. And nobody at the club at the minute seems prepared to talk about it. And that's where it's going wrong. And I just don't know how we're going to fix it. There's no easy fix. It was always a hard conversation to have. It was always a difficult conversation to have. It's a conversation me and Steve have tried to have on different levels with different people probably for the last 20 years in one way, shape, form or another. We still don't have the answers because if we did have the answers, I think we'd, we'd both be sitting in the ticket office with high-paid jobs. We don't have the answers. There's no way to, to keep everybody ha happy. I just wish the club would take ownership of it and say, yeah. yes, we're pissing you off. We're really sorry. But this is how we see the best way to go forward with ticketing. And you can like it or you can lump it. Yeah. And nobody in the club will do that. And that's disingenuous, in my opinion. <laughs> or you go back to me dad's day and you form an orderly queue that goes three times round St James's Park. That, you know, <laughs> you made that point in one of the WhatsApp groups this week. I've got a great idea. Why don't we just start having queues? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, look at the, look at the situation that the, look at the situation they created, where they they announced that if you have a problem, you had to, you had to contact the box office, but it was a Saturday, and apparently it's a hidden secret that the box office is open on a Saturday when there's not a match on. 
a hidden secret. Even though the website says box office is closed on a Saturday, box office only open Monday to Friday. So when you complain and you say, I've had a problem with it, and you ring them up on the Monday and they said, well, you should have come in. And you say, well, what, your box office isn't open. Oh, but it is. It's open until one o'clock on a Saturday. Since when? Your website says it should. Oh, well, it's a hidden secret that we're open. Did you not know? And you go, well, <laughs> you just said it's a hidden secret. This is what this is what you get told. You know, this is the sort of this is the sort of craziness that's occurring out there. You know, it's it's mental. It's absolutely mental. I, I wonder about. I mean, I, I, honestly, you, the, the more that you hear, and the more that you delve, the worse and worse it becomes. And yes, the front the front end is that it. It, it's it's the box office that's to blame. But then when you get the situation where you complain to the box office and you get told, don't complain to us, complain to the club, and you go, but you are the club? Oh, no, no, we're the box office. We're not the club. And you're going, so now, now we've got, within the club, we've got areas that, that don't, don't want to be latched on to the people who are creating the problem or caused the problem or invented the problem. Brilliant. It's, it's like it's like divide the conquer, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. like trying to somebody somewhere is also trying to squeeze a, a quote into a pint pot. I think as well. That's the that's the other craziness that we've got about it. Yeah. But it's all well and good when we say, "Oh, this is a glitch," or somebody, you know, the lad, the lads put up there. I'm a programmer. I could have done this, or uh, it 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 cannot be because you know the, the systems now are far more robust, but. At the sharp end, this is what you get told. This is what this is how you face up to it. This is what you're facing up to when you go there. When you when you say, you know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to pay for these tickets, and now I can't. And now you've given them away, and you go, well, you should have come in. Now, what happens if that person wasn't local? What happens if that person, that season ticket holder, who or that member who was buying the ticket, lived in London? The solution at the box office was, well, come in. Come in on Saturday. This is like, you know, you, you get notified at 5.30 on a Friday that you've been successful. You've got 24 hours in which to, to make sure that you've, you've, you've accepted the ticket, but you can't contact them till Monday. When do you contact them? Monday when the box office opens at 10 o'clock. When, when, when do you lose your ticket? You lose your ticket at half past nine on Monday. So you, you lose the option of buying the ticket at half nine because the box office and the very people you sort to speak to on the phone don't start till ten o'clock. This is the these are these are these are easily fixed problems if someone would grasp the metal and actually look at the whole thing in the round and 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 take on board the issues. But instead, you've got an intransigent system. You've got an intransigent club area you've got an intransigent box office and you've got someone who's sitting behind a set of rules and you've got a box office that doesn't open until 10 but a system that tells you you've only got half past nine in which to complain before you lose the option for your ticket i mean i mean it's it's like a joke isn't it you know it's like who's running it you know alan partridge got to see you know? Del Boy, it's uh, yeah, Nicholas. Nicholas, there's things that desperate. Can you remember doing the fools and horses? Rodney wins a holiday to Mallorca, Spain. The only catch is the organizers think he's 14. 14. 
Nicholas says he's a Nicholas says he's a player to be a mascot. Michael <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pomar and Nathan uh, both reckon they could probably have a go at fixing the uh, fixing the, the website. He says glitches are merely excuses for something else. It's a nonsense term that hides other issues. Uh, and yeah. this is at its core a simple IT solution. It's a cute system rules that you Absolutely. can put in. Absolutely. Pretty easily. Software bugs are real, but in any professional IT house, those are ironed out pretty fast. And QA processes are in place to not affect production systems. So Michael yeah. knows what he's talking about. Um, it's and, a it's a second year computer science problem for me. It, uh, it yeah, can I finish off with a with a historical one? Yeah, go on. Me, we're, we're, me, we've gone, we've gone, we've gone in an hour and twenty three, and we haven't had the ads. <laughs> we've not had any other things. So go on, George. You might as well. Well, my father was lucky enough to get three cup final tickets. Okay, yeah. and and even in those days, uh, they, they used to have a queuing system at St James's Park, and if you got a one, you didn't. Well, fortunately for my father, he had a he had a manager in the place where he worked whose son was a postillion in Buckingham Palace. In other words, he's one of them red-coated guys on the horses that, that uh, drove the Queen. And that's who my dad got his tickets off, his father. Mm-hmm. But my dad, when my dad was asked, hey, Harry, where did you get your cup final ticket? It was always, oh, it's, it's one of my mates. He never admitted it come from Buckingham Palace because he was ashamed, slightly ashamed to have to do that because he knew how... Loyal fans had queued and queued for bloody days to get a ticket, and yet he got one handed to him. <laughs> Andy Davis says, Never mind Twitter the week, can we talk about tickets? <laughs> <laughs> Bill, Bill's gonna go mad. I better stop. Uh, says, I'm quite happy to talk about tickets rather than lookalikes if you want. <laughs> ticket issues are a valid issue for many Newcastle fans, therefore, if there are problems, it's a valid thing to talk about. Yeah, um, you know, is that it just because he wants to know if we're going to talk about positive stuff? Yeah, because we had to talk about Tonali, Bill. That's another topical thing, and that's what we do on here. We don't dictate what news Newcastle put out. We we no. discuss what's in the news, and and I've but I've boxed wide of tickets for four weeks, Bill, because I know a lot of fans on here do get an irate and annoyed. But I'm not being funny, Bill. What we saw yesterday with the Dortmund tickets was bang out of order. It was ridiculous. It was a storm of of, of the worst type. Um, so it, it was valid to discuss it today. But um, you're right. We are running out of time. Uh, we've got 35 minutes left. I've got to put the tweets in. I've got to do lookalikes. Uh, and I have to keep the advertisements in. Uh, and those of you who are asking why about the ad, why, why is the ads? I have explained this on other shows, but I know not everybody watches every show this week. YouTube have now decided to advertise themselves during the shows. Uh, we have opted for the lowest amount of adverts. Um, we could have gone for, as they describe it, aggressive adverts, uh, but we've gone for uh, the lowest tier. So you will get adverts depending on what you're watching it on, if you're watching on phone, TV or computer. Uh, some of you won't get adverts, some of you will. Uh, but just skip if you want to uh, rejoin the show quickly. If you want to watch the ads, do it. Uh, you'll just miss a little bit of the show. But we can't do anything about it. YouTube have decided to do it. Anyway, these are our ads. Enjoy. A big thanks to all our sponsors, Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 25 email inquiries at skipsandbins.com, website skipsandbins.com, easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks to Mr. Vicky Sources, handmade in Cumbria. You can find out more about them from their website, mrvickies.co.uk, or by calling 01768 210 Thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the video side of things. And thanks to United Group Travel, UK coach holiday firm 
based in Mortmouth. There's no strangers on there to us, just people you haven't met yet. They're now taking bookings for 2024. You can call 01670-632-460-0791-666-4174 or 07957-141-654 or go to the website unitedgrouptravel.com. Please subscribe to the channel. Hit the subscribe button underneath the video today. We still do seven shows a week. Hit the thumb up under the video to like it. It does us a big favour. Click share to share to your other social media and let people know about NUFC Matters. We're also a podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify and other podcast providers. If you want to help the show financially, you can take out a £25 one-off membership. You get a scarf, a pen, a cup and a membership card. How do you get it? Go to NUFCMatters.com. Look for membership. If you've got a smartphone, then put your smartphone over the QR code and it will take you straight to that section on the website. We also support the food bank on this channel. You can donate to the food bank today by going to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk. We do support events on this channel as well. If you've got an event, please send it in and we'll promote it. The Time Theatre and Opera House are doing a Keegan, Beardsley and Waddle event, the Class of 84. 25th of January 2024. Book now by calling 0844-249-1000. And the Tyneside Irish Centre, they're doing an event with Frank Clark and John Gibson on Thursday, December the 7th. You can get tickets from nufcmatters.com and they are priced at £15. There's also some uh, tickets available on Groupon. Don't forget, you can catch me five days a week, Monday to Friday, with Rye, Dave and Daz on the Northeast Footy Brecky Show, 7 till 9. And you can catch us on The Red, The Toon and The Cat and on Toon Radio's website. What's up us on the day? 033 2002 The perfect way to start your day. Yeah, I've been, been laughing at these comments. Rebrand tickets of the week on the three ticket and amigo hosted by Steve Rant on Rave. Thank you, Michael. Um, Tom Lynch has had me creased as well. He says, I've had an advert for Dental, so that means I'll actively avoid Dental now. Mental note. Uh, the, be the best one, yeah. Uh, Stu Mag says, uh, I keep getting YouTube adverts for military grade flashlight. He says, before, uh, but it's banned as it doubles up as a baseball bat weapon. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise this is what they were doing. Gary says, if you want to avoid the apps, you can watch uh, the show on Opera app. So there you go. Uh, there's a hint for everybody out there who wants to avoid uh, those ads. Okay, uh, time for a bit of a laugh to lighten, lighten the mood for Bill. Uh, here's Tweet of the Week. Lots and lots and lots of tweets as usual to get through. Uh, you went mad this week, you lot uh, out there. Thanks to Zara as well and Jimmy and uh, all the all the regulars who've uh, sent us this. Uh, I got this email by Keith as well. He says, this is Newcastle United now with everyone, all the superheroes <laughs> going to the Newcastle United badge walking through. I do like that. Uh, it's better than this one that we saw, football tweet. Which clubs win in the Premier League this season? Oh, you're having a laugh. Chelsea. Come on. Newcastle's not even on there. That really, you know, it, it, it just, it is pathetic. Well, isn't it? that's the kind of account that them bloody prats who were talking about uh, QPR fans. Why would you be a QPR fan? Bloody exactly. hell. Have exactly. you ever been in a football ground? Never. 
Exactly. Sycamore Sick- Gap's got a replacement. Great to see Big Dan Byrne there now uh, on his days <laughs> off at the uh, football club. And uh, uh, this, uh, how do you spot a blind man on a nudist beach? Well, it's not odd. Oh, oh, oh. Da, oh da, it's a classic. Uh, not one player from Newcastle's team gets into Manchester United's team, said Billy Meredith. Not on paper, which is my point. Dan Lawler says, what paper is that? The Rizzler you used to uh, you used for whatever drugs you were smoking. <laughs> <laughs> and he was a West Ham fan. Um, Ian Hull, uh, just had a medical. The doctor says, don't eat anything fatty. I said, like bacon and burgers? He said, no fatty, don't eat anything. <laughs> Very good. I like it. I like it. This one got sent last week. Sorry I missed this. Uh, a lot of people sent this one. I don't care which side you're on, but this is hilarious. <laughs> And uh, Shira, uh, this isn't Steve Hasty. Uh, this one was from John, uh, the dog, dog doing a Shira celebration, which I thought was very good. Uh, if a bra is an over the shoulder boulder holder, does that make a jock strap uh, under the butt nut hut? Oh, oh, me. Very good. <laughs> and uh, tweet of the week from Soda Pop Kid. Well, it's not, but he says, What do we want? A cure for ADD. When do we want it? Ooh, look, a seagull. <laughs> There's a few more from Soda Pop Kid. Some girls don't like to walk in the rain because it puts their face back to factory settings. Oh, dear <laughs> me. I hope you didn't send that to your last. And I passed my ethics exam yesterday. I cheated. Ah, ah very good. See what you did there, mate. And uh, Paddy tells his wife, My bum hole's really burning. I've no idea what it is. Ring sting, his wife says. Paddy replies, How the hell will he know? <laughs> oh, dear. The old ones are the best. And another one from I said to my wife, if I die before you, I want you to promise that you will marry Ernie from the uh, from up the pub. She said, I thought you hated him. I said, I do. <laughs> and another one, I was ready to quit alcohol. Then I saw how happy it was to see me. How can I leave that smile? Oh, yeah. Classic. <laughs> And Stephen Kennedy, thank you to you as well. Uh, some great signs here. Uh, Dick's Pizza. You haven't eaten pizza until you've eaten Dick's. Uh, oh. Flick, Flick Bean Coffee Shop. Uh, wonderful lad. And Fat Fook Noodle Bar. Let's do lunch, he says. Thanks, uh, Stephen, <laughs> for those restaurants. Uh, somebody left a blow-up doll on this plane. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, room for one more in the Steve Hasty fan club, said Stephen. <laughs> Never wanted to be in a gang more than Steve Hasty's. Uh, nice one, Stephen. <laughs> and remember, having sex on a regular basis helps keep your memory alive. I wish you all a great 2016, he says. <laughs> uh, Trump's car being escorted to the G7 2018. Uh, well played, the Canadian outraders. Uh, well played indeed. So <laughs> that was quite funny. Um, Look at that. And uh, what do you have with no fat and no sugar? Napkins. Napkins. <laughs> uh, stop looking at those phones while, you, while you're at the table. This is what life was like in 1965, George. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, yeah. uh, expect head always, says Stephen. <laughs> Great thing. And it's not going to end well, uh, says Stephen. <laughs> no. <laughs> And another tweet of the week, this time from Rita. She says, for, uh, for God's sake, Percy, put some pants on. <laughs> what on earth possessed anyone to have that uh, like that? I do, I do not know. Uh, clarinet. This is a mandolin. Oh. oh. 
And only Star Wars fans will see it. Haven't had one of these for a while, lads. No. Good Roger, one, Roger. It's a good one, isn't it? And a Star Trek one to help you as well. How did you get hurt? Let's just say if you're dating a dominatrix, never say it's time to hit the sack. <laughs> just hear William Shatner saying that, couldn't you? Uh, Hot and Eagle, a mermaid. In 2055, retirement village residents play a game of guess what the tattoo used to be. <laughs> one of those cartoon ones. Here lies the man who discovered dynamite. And here, here also, here's some more. More. <laughs> and here. Uh, that isn't what uh, prove you're not a robot means, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> You have anything for goodwill that you don't use anymore? <laughs> and and uh, Jimmy, for this one, what does a chicken give us? Eggs. What does a pig give us? Bacon. What does a fat cow give us? Homework. Other <laughs> <laughs> uh, way around in Sunderland from Stephen, this sign, Deja Vu presents showgirls, 50 beautiful girls and three ugly ones. <laughs> Great sign, that. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, somewhere on Wea side, when red light shows, wait here. Dear, look at that. And where did they put the rest of him? His cock. Oh, dear me. Stephen, man. <laughs> uh, due dear, to Facebook dear. rules on lewd language, this man's name is now Penis Van Lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do go narrow to the bone, close to the bone on your lads. I understand how you get Bob from Robert and Bill from William, but how do you get Dick from Richard? Well, you ask him nicely. <laughs> and I just found out that cockfighting is done with chickens. That's two years of training. I'll never get back, lads. <laughs> and if you can't find the book you're looking for, then you're obviously in the Wong Fu King Bog Star. <laughs> okay, let's see you walk in a straight line. Uh-oh. That was one yeah. for the intellectuals, said Stephen. Definitely. Very good. And single white van uh, seeks single yellow sponge for dirty weekend fun. <laughs> uh, shortly after British Airways flight had reached its cruising altitude, the captain announced, ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain. Welcome to flight 293, non-stop from London Heathrow uh, to Tornado. Uh, the weather is good. <laughs> Uh, we should have. And then he starts going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, then silence follows. Um, basically, uh, the, the captain then comes back on and explains he spilled his coffee. <laughs> you should see the stain on the front of my pants, he says. And the bloke at the back shouts, you should see the stain on the back of my pants. <laughs> uh, uh, Paul Rocky Toon, thanks for this. He says, if this doesn't keep the little bastards away from the door this Halloween, I don't know what will. Um, I've, I've always been reluctant to show that, lads, but with Jimmy Savile and the Reckoning being on BBC... I thought we could get away with it this year. Yeah. Uh, and for sale, railway sleepers, ideal for raised garden beds, etc. 46,000 available. Contact Rishi. <laughs> and embarrassing how proud I am of myself, uh, proud I am of myself anytime I manage to put my phone down so I can focus on the TV. I think we've all been there. <laughs> uh, I decided to make sure my wife woke up with a big smile this morning. I can't have Sharpies anymore. Oh, oh dear me. Thanks, Ian. My neighbours complained about me groaning too loud having sex in the morning. If they only knew, I'm just trying to put my socks on. <laughs> and it took me a moment too, lads. That's good. 
Can you say it? Mr. Bit, of course. And I make no excuse because we do have a game to look forward to in uh, trying to get through the little backlog we've got of these. Egg shortage because hens identifying as roosters. <laughs> oh, God. And she knows damn well no one's paying attention to the dog. <laughs> uh, one minute you're off your bonds each weekend getting in at six in the morning the next you're wandering around Dunelm looking for an L-shaped cushion to help improve your sleeping posture <laughs> and GH executive I didn't forget you mate when you're on 1.1 million a week and you're getting yorked by a bloke from Blyde Spartans yeah. <laughs> uh, soda pop kid as well sometimes when you cry nobody sees your tears Somebody, uh, sometimes when you're hurt, nobody sees your pain. Sometimes when you're sad, nobody sees your sorrow. But fart just one time. <laughs> I was born in 1892 in Blue and I wrote The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Oh no, he's talking and he's asleep again. Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. The irony of this sign, lads, fasteners. <sighs> <laughs> and anybody fancy a snack? Dorian's toes. Oh. <laughs> and I'm well annoyed with my neighbour. Yesterday he kept playing the same Lionel Richie song over and over at full blast. I wouldn't mind normally, but it was all night long. All night. Singer, I knew the song was coming. Dear. All night. And uh, this is great from Jimmy. From that day on, Kevin never touched alcohol again. <laughs> <laughs> and Tweet of the Week from Jimmy again. McJagger. Very good. Very good, yeah. And the Make-A-Wish Foundation really came through for little Billy. <laughs> <laughs> Couple of song alerts. Tweet of the week. Take a look at me out. Oh, Jimmy. dear. Thanks, Jimmy. And this one. I want to rig leaves. Oh. <laughs> Brilliant. Really good. Yeah. Uh, that pick for Friday's Amigo show from Alan Who fancies a pickle? Ring stingers, ass blasters and fart starters I found the shop in the metro centre that sells them Alan So uh, I, I know where you're at Welcome to midsummer population uh, Going down going down rapidly <laughs> And uh, I don't know many vegetables But today is John Lennon's birthday I thought I'd give peace a chance Brilliant Ian oh. he, he loves, he finds these doesn't he Want yeah. um, to exercise your vocal cords you don't have to put on the red light. Walk, San. Oh, walk, San. Oh, dear me. And Ian also sends us this one. You know, time is passing at an uncomfortable speed when all the good male rock stars start looking like your grandma. <laughs> last few, last few. Uh, finish the Halloween pies. Nobody wants to eat them and the kids won't stop screaming. Brilliant, that. Bloody awful. Um, somebody mother-in-law is on the loose, says Stephen. <laughs> And Bon Jovi must be at least three quarters of the way there now. Oh, dear me. Uh, lick my nuts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one, one, six. No, I'll pass, says Stephen. And uh, this one from Gary. Can you perform under pressure? No, but I can try Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> uh, Gary sent that, that in because it doesn't involve me singing, he said. All right. Uh, if you saw the battle droid first, you are a true Star Wars fan. <laughs> top two for me. A teacher asks her class, can anyone tell me the name of Robin Hood's girlfriend? Little Paddy raises his hand and said, yes, miss, it's Trudy Glenn. No, Paddy, the answer's made Marion. But miss, what about the song? 
Robin Hood, Robin Hood, riding through the glen. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> and the winner this week is when you're dead, but you forgot to post it on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great. So what a pop kid for the amount you sent in. Stephen Kennedy wasn't far behind your mind. Uh, Andy and Hull was in third place and Zara was in fourth this week. Uh, but honestly, keep them coming, um, especially the singing ones. I do like them. I know everybody else does too. Um, <laughs> good tweet of the week. Brilliant. Okay, uh, we do have the lookalikes to go, um, but uh, lots of people, lots of people still going on about tickets uh, in the um, you know, in the chat, and you know, ultimately, you know, we do want to discuss it. And and, and Bill, we, we can't make an apology for something that other people want to talk about, um, you know. And we people asking what what size stadium do we need? Um, you know, we don't know. We don't know what's on the waiting list. We don't know. You know, we don't know what. We, we ultimately don't know what's, you know, what the membership is. That might give us some kind of idea as to, you know, as to what kind of stadium we would need. But, you know, there's lots, there's always lots to talk about. We do keep a positive stance on this programme as well. But we are, like we've said, the critical friend. So from, from my perspective, I make no apologies uh, at all for covering the tickets. And we haven't done it for a few weeks. So I'm, I'm glad we did it. And thanks to well, Keith for putting it up. Yeah. I mean, can I just chip in, Steve? Go on. Uh, for four to, for at least six four to six weeks, we we as a collective have deliberately kept our gob shut on tickets, even wow. though even though we've been seething about it, especially me. Um, yeah. and and it, you know it it had to come out sometime. It did, yeah, and it, it really did. No, we've we've had to do it. You know what I mean? We had to come out and say it. So you know, look, I'm glad we did. I'm I'm glad we did. Brave browser, no ads. Just people suggesting how you can avoid these YouTube ads. Uh, if anybody is interested in that, some people might just want them. Uh, uh, want to get these ads and, and and see them. So we'll see. I've got to give a shout out to the Irish Club. We've done lots of events there, and we'll continue to do so. Uh, former Magpie Paul Ferris is launching the paperback version of his latest book, The Magic in the Tin, at the Tyneside Irish Centre on Wednesday, October the 18th. Uh, the follow-up to his well-received first memoir, of course, The Boy on the Shed. Uh, this book sees Paul give a typically unflinching but humorous account of his prostate cancer diagnosis, treatment and subsequent recovery. Uh, tickets are on sale. Uh, best probably go, go to nufc.com. Um, and you can <laughs> the two links are placed there. Uh, there's a two o'clock show and there's a seven o'clock show. The Irish Centre is, of course, based on Stowell Street um, in Newcastle, just past the uh, the Chinese Arch. And <clears throat> don't forget as well, PSG programs. Big big complaints from the the Champions League game where programs um, you know had sold out. I think there was rumours flying around there was only 8,000 printed for whatever reason. Um, we did see some rather unscrupulous people selling them in mass, en masse, online. So that got people's backs up. But um, there are going to be more available. There is going to be a reprint and they will be sold uh, by the programme sellers at the next home game. So that's good news. Uh, we can talk about programmes, can't we? Uh, anyway, uh, there's also been an announcement when we've been on air. The, um, the Italian manager has come out in support of his two players. Um, you know, basically just said, we've got to abide by what's going on, uh, but we do stand by Tonali. Um, and... Uh, <coughs> unfortunate that this has happened but we you know we've got to move on and you might have seen a flash across the bottom of the screen before uh, uh the last set of fixtures for november have been announced by sky chelsea hasn't been moved um so it's still a three o'clock kickoff on a saturday 
whoopee. Uh, nice to have a three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday, which is which is good news. <laughs> Talk of football, good evening. Uh, says one other channel was on about moving Lisa's terrace. I think I know which channel you're going on about yet. Yeah. Back onto the park where the tennis court is. Anyone else heard this? Yeah. Steve, Steve, I've got to be honest, mate. I'm going to come to you first. You and I were discussing this backwards and forwards in the WhatsApp channel uh, chat today. We never go against anyone else, like any any other channels. Um, and I, I'm not going to stop bad mouthing channels on yet. That's not what we're about. Um, I've got to be honest. Nobody knows what the hell's going on, Steve. That's the tact I would like to take on this. Exactly. Nobody. So if there's any YouTuber out there saying this is going to happen and that's going to happen and this might happen, it's simply speculation and conjecture. Nobody <clears> knows <throat> what is happening at all. And if anybody did have an inkling of it, um, you know, they wouldn't be doing the club any favours by putting it out there, Steve. No, they wouldn't. I mean, I, I did I did watch the, the snippet that came out. Um, it's very interesting. Um, demolishing a grade one listed building in the facade and then rebuilding it. I mean, we made flippant comments for the last three years saying we had a solution and it was move it to Beamish, wasn't it? That was what we always laughed yeah. about. But this is actually just moving it, you know, 150, 200 yards into where the tennis courts are. Um, you know what? <laughs> You're right. I mean, purely speculative. Somebody, somebody's obviously, you know, floating it, floating ideas out there. And good luck to them. It, you know, let's see what let's see what happens. Personally, I, I, I don't think there'll be anything in that that particular uh, that particular one. But uh, yeah, this is what's going to happen, I suppose. Somebody's going to hear something. Somebody's going to be dropped on somebody. Somebody's then going to run with that particular horse and and see where it takes them. And uh, one of the one of the podcasters has done that, uh, put it out there. Uh, whether he's floating an idea or whether it's genuine, I, I don't know. I'd I'd never heard of it though, Steve. Yeah, the channel said the leak was from a person at the council, which is correct, Barry. That's what he said. Uh, yeah. Another clickbait rumor. Tom says it's not just Lisa's Terrace. There's all the buildings on St James's Street. They're back on the opposite, the east stand on the lane running down to Strawberry Place. What yeah. happens to those? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not being, I'm not being funny. It, you know, it, don't believe it until you hear it from the club. Mitch is the message I'd like to put out. Absolutely, and for me, the moving the building would be. So time and cost prohibitive, it would did that just sounds like total nonsense to me, you know. Um, and also you've got money to burn. Um, but you probably have more fun with drawing it in five as in burning them one by one. Yeah, it would probably last quicker, last longer than <laughs> the time it would take to build it to do that. Um there has to be a solution if staying at St. James's Park is the way ahead. We floated a couple of solutions which genuinely started doing conversations in a pub in Dubai with a beer mat and a pen. Yeah. You know, um, all of them interesting and getting around the planning issues which exist, but all of them also contain one issue is how does it work where we're in the middle of rebuilding? Where do we play? Do I have to clear out for a period of time? Do I have to exist with a reduced capacity for a period of time? And if Ticketing's the talk of the town now, God knows what it will be in that scenario. Do we get permission, for example, from the Premier League to not have away fans for a, a season? That you know, th th These are the solutions which you've got to explore. And it involves... The one thing I will say, 
is when it comes to things like this, we have got an ownership team who seem prepared to have the conversations on this. And that's what it's going to need. It's going to need negotiation, a soothing of the ways, and probably finding common ground to states in James's part. I've said for a long time, I've made my peace that the um, the long-term solution is to move to a different site. And that's the way I think anybody coming into the club was always going to go eventually. Um, the nostalgic part of me doesn't want that to happen. But the realist says a brand new state-of-the-art stadium built somewhere uh, where they can built from scratch to bigger numbers as a 24-7-365 facility with God knows what else attached to it is going to be infinitely cheaper than moving Lisa's Terrace and building bits onto the ground and take less time. Um, but I'm quite... The, the word out of the boardroom so far still seems to be we see St James's Park as our spiritual home and we'd like to stay there. If there's a if there's a way to do it, they'll find it. I'm quite sure of that. I guess you know. I was right what I said before, George. Really, it's going to take time. This though, you know, we're you know we're, we're struggling to get planning permission sorted out, our licensing permission for the stack that's got to go through. Yet we we know that they can build it, but it's whether they can get the license from for it yeah. now. There have there has been objections, and 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 building a ground doesn't just happen overnight. Yeah, and look at the look at the problems Liverpool are going through at the moment. That they'd, they'd sold tickets for the Everton game um, at home. That was going to be their grand opening. Now they've had to put that back to an un, un, un you know undisclosed date next year. So you know. <laughs> Even even if building did start taking place at Newcastle and, and extensions did take place, there's no guarantee in in any building work that it's going to finish on time. Well, almost guarantee that it won't. Um, the positive side of doing things at the moment. Remember, we lost a stadium upgrade and a World Cup because of it, because we had two enemies: the council and the university. And there was no way those two entities were going to let Newcastle United build something shoddy and quick. They wanted something proper. And when it wasn't proper, they just said, well, you're not going to do it. And so we lost the World Cup. Simple as that. Yeah. At the moment, I suspect our best friends are the university and the council. Because they're both strapped for cash. Absolutely cream cracker. They've got no money. And Pains me to say it. The university should be ashamed of itself. But, as I say, that means they're willing to talk. If you've got money, they're willing to talk. That's why we've got nearly a thousand bloody Chinese doing business studies on Barrack Road. Um, and uh, same with the council. Look at the things the council are having to do. I mean, I feel sorry for the, for the councillors because, you know, millions and millions taken off their budget. Not just little bits, huge lumps, you know. 20 30 percent of that budget, so they're going to be ready to talk. So, so the positive for me is it's a good time to do it because we could have a lot of goodwill from the very people who have the power to stop it. And I think if they put an imaginative solution together, the council and the university will clap their hands and say, Come on, yes, let's do it. And I think that's that's how it'll end up. 
Okay, uh, there's loads of potential at St James's Park. They could build over the road and make the metro part of the stadium, says Derek. And uh, Moza says, well said again, George. Uh, okay, uh, we are finishing off tonight's show uh, with uh, your favourite section, the lookalikes. Couple of hefties chucked in for old time's sake from Rita. I think Rita's just a, 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 a really Keith in disguise. That's what uh, I'm thinking. <laughs> it's always good when it's a dog you've never seen before. And there's yeah. one from Stephen Moore. Look alike, Steve Hasty, relaxing. Hey, hey, hey. Tony and you. And uh, a rare Keith Richards baby picture from Ian Hull. Right. <laughs> uh, and Sam Chipperfield says, has Steve Hasty followed through? <laughs> a lot of that, a lot of that tonight. Uh, yeah. Andrew, Andrew sent us a, a photograph of an old football team. He says, there's Bob Carroll G's at the back. <laughs> he yeah, says, yeah. at the front on the left there, there's a young John Beresford. <laughs> and on the, on the further along, he said, there's a guy with a, a, a wonky tash. He says, the guy in the manager's coat looks like Barry Hogan. <laughs> and he says, the guy on the far right looks like David McCreary. It does, mate. I was it just going to say. Yes, yeah. yeah. So there we go. Thanks for that, Andrew. Um, Grobler and Farmer Bell from Camberwick Green from Rita. Very good. <laughs> the, the blonde lad in the middle looks like Reg Evans that I used to play with. Jesus. Uh, Albert, uh, Mitch auditioning for a part in the new dance movie, Dirty Dentistry. I didn't know where, I didn't know where to fit this in. I just thought lookalikes would be suitable, Albert, because um, it's clearly not Mitch. Um, Rita Roxley, uh, Zinedine Zidane and David Carradine. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good one, Rita. Mm -hmm. And we've had this one before, but it's always a nice one to use. Elon yeah. Musk and Kathy Bates. It is a good one. Um and, and he thought, oh yeah, Jacob thought I was talking to Mitch on Talk TV on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, me. Ah, uh, and this one uh, from Mark B. Roy Hodgson's sister, or Roy Hodgson, on an Auschwitz memorial. Elizabeth Sidron. I, I can see where he's come from there, yeah. yeah. Pretty good. Couple from uh, Tom, Gareth Gates and Jermaine Janice. Yeah, let's see that. Hammy and Louis Ceres. <laughs> <laughs> Pulled some faces, didn't he? And uh, Donkey and Shrek and Rude and Rooney. <laughs> there from Rita. And Oxley and Chamberlain and Kieran Gibbs. Yeah. Yeah. This one's from Tim. <laughs> Pretty you good. Said, you said Joyce. <laughs> Uther Joyce and Annie Lennox. Yeah. 100% uh, mags. He has a great one for lookalikes. One of my favourite game characters. Why does it look like Donkey Kong giving a thumbs up? This is the real picture, guys. It's not Photoshop. Now, that's a map. Now, that doesn't do a credit, but when you uh, see a couple of these other ones, it, it does. Steve Hasty with his little willy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Peter Powell and Marcel Marceau from Tim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ah, very good. Very clever. Fabian Cher and the referee from the PSG game. Uh, yes, I see that. And the top three. Niall from the great uh, company British Menu and Frank Lampard. 
Yeah. Not bad, that. Not bad. Not top, bad. Two, I couldn't, top two, I couldn't separate them, lads. That Ian Holton, Lou Reed. Take a walk on the wall. Yeah, brilliant, that. Clever. So these are joint number one, lads. And Clint Eastwood from Stephen <laughs> Kennedy. <laughs> that one does look like it's been photoshopped, I've got to be honest. But um, the Lou Reed one was spectacular. So yeah. that's your look at Leggies for this week. Thanks very much for sending them in. Keep them coming. We'll feature some more next And that's it, guys. Uh, we managed to get through two hours. Uh, we're completely buggering the show up. I didn't even get the ads till an hour and 25 minutes through because we had a lot to talk about, even in the international week. Next week, of course, uh, back in business, Newcastle United back in action and uh, plenty to talk about. Uh, but Steve, Mitch and George, have a great yeah. weekend. And, and, and Mitch, a very happy birthday from me yeah. and from everybody at NUFC Matters. Have a great weekend. You yeah. fully deserve it, mate. Happy birthday, sir. All the best, Paul. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Take care, everyone.